Amen. By the help of the Lord, I want to preach to you what the Lord has laid upon my heart, and it's been a burden of my heart for a long time. What I shall preach today by the help of the Lord is something that has uh, been, been burdening my heart and uh, I've been dealing with for a good while, long before today, over a number of weeks, and I just trust the Lord could speak his word to every heart in this house. Uh, if you just remain standing for two verses of scripture, then you can be seated. Genesis, the third chapter, fourth and the fifth verse. Genesis 3 and 4. Amen. The Bible said, The serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God knoweth that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Everybody say, In Jesus' name, God bless you. You can be seated. And this is the thought that has been on my mind for a long, long time. And I have prayed about it and uh, sought the Lord and had this thought. And I want to, you to help me today explore this. And I trust God could place it as a burden in your heart that you could begin to seek God about it and you could pray over it. And the Lord could certainly give you thoughts on this today. And that is this, how can we get to the next level? How can we get to the next level? Say it with me today, how can we get to the next level? What a challenge to all of us today in this house. Hasn't God been good? Thank you for your response today, quick response. And it should always bring quick response when somebody asks you, hasn't God been good to us? Because he has really been good to us. He has abundantly blessed us. Amen. I am so glad of his goodness and his blessings upon us. And I just think of all the good things that God has done and how God has helped us to this very moment. And I, then I begin to explore in my mind, as I have for some time, Lord, how could we go on with you? And how could we grow and uh, be what you would have us to be? What a challenge to us. He's certainly been good. He certainly has brought us to the place where we're at. There's no doubt in anybody's mind about that, is there? That God has not brought us to this place that God has not blessed your life richly and helped you in so many ways. Does everybody agree? Are all of us on the same page with that? Do you truly believe that it's the hand of God in your life that has blessed and helped you to where you're at today? Amen. Without a doubt, we know it's the hand of the working of God. And then when you start analyzing and you start looking at well, that day I was not so blessed. And that day things were not so well with me. And then you consider those things and you see, well, that day I, there, there was something that happened and I, I was blessed. And, and when you start looking at all those things and analyzing those things, you find that there were definite breakover points 
in your life. You struggled and struggled and struggled and all at once something gave way and it got a little easier and you, you, you felt richer blessings and you felt more fulfilling in life. You felt deeper peace and you felt happier and, and uh, you felt, man, I have, I have I found direction and what a blessing it is. And how important it is for us to examine those things because if those things were the things that brought us to where we're at and gave us the breakover points that we've had in our life, what would happen if we could continue on? And what else would God do for us? Do we have to believe because we got some nice rags on and, and uh, had some nourishment today and, and uh, the comforts of life and, and uh, the peace of God in our heart that that's the end of the journey? Uh, that, that it's over now amen that, that's what life is all about well, I don't believe that for one minute I believe in that life is a journey it is a trip we're on it's a journey that we're on today and, and there's been so many things that have enriched our life and it has helped us so much and if we could identify those and we could put our finger on it. And then we could add to that. The question is, what else wonder would God do in our life? And what else would happen in our peace, in our heart, and the blessing that we would feel? Is anybody spoiled on the blessings? Amen. Is anybody spoiled on the joy of the Holy Ghost brother this is a joy that the world cannot give this is a peace that the world knows nothing about and it's really 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 does mess with people's mind when they look at our joy and they look at our peace Amen. Because they watch us crying and they watch us weeping and they're amazed and they say, what are they talking about? But I'm going to tell you the deepest joy that you can have in the Lord that I have found personally was in tears. Amen. When I was weeping, I was having the grace. Well, somebody is identifying with where we're going today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. But the adversary is against us. We've got the enemy that is warring against our minds today and warring against us moving forward. He does not want us to make any steps in the right direction. He's miserable because he's miserable. He wants everybody miserable. Have you ever been around a miserable person that wanted other people to be happy? It doesn't happen, my friend. Miserable people want everybody else miserable with them. Jealous people want everybody else to share in their jealousy. Envious people, they want everybody to share in their envy. That's right. They have no peace. They have no happiness, no fulfillment. So they've got to reach out and they've got to strike at other people. And this is the... This is the devil. The devil has no peace. He knows that his time is short on this earth. 
He knows his day is coming and his days are numbered. Hallelujah. And what he wants to do is to drag every one of us down and hinder us along the way. And guess how he does it? This is the way the devil does it. He lies to people. And I read to you today the first lie that was ever told in the Bible, in the book of Genesis. And it was told by the serpent to the woman. Ye shall not surely die. You're not, it's not going to happen like God said it was going to happen. He said because God doesn't know. He knows this. That in the day you eat of this, your eyes are going to be open and ye shall be as gods. You're fixing to get on the right on the level with God. And there is a instinct in man. Why is it we were made in the image of God and that, that, that instinct that is in man, it's subconscious there, is to want to always control his affairs and to be a little God. So it's just natural. It was a natural niche in man that the devil could step in. It was, it, it, I mean, he, it went right directly to the heart of Eve because it was already there. Why? Because we were made in his image. What does that mean? That means we have some of the abilities God has. He has given us those abilities. He given us the ability to create and, and he was a creator. Amen? Amen. And he has given man some of those abilities. And when man gets some of those abilities and does pretty good, it has a way of going to his head. And he thinks, oh, I have become like God. Amen. And so it became a natural place for the devil to weave his way into man right here. Whenever he told Eve, said, you're going to be like God if you will do this. Well, the scripture tells us how that Satan was seeking to be God. He, he said, Thus saith the Lord God, because thine heart is lifted up, and thou hast said, here's what Satan said, I am a God. I said, In the seed of God, in the midst of the seeds, yet thou art a man and not God, though thou set thine heart as the heart of God. Even though you think you're God, you're not God, devil. Amen. Even though that is your desire. Again, Ezekiel said, Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty, and thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. And I will cast thee to the ground, and I will lay thee before kings, that they may behold thee. Thy heart was lifted up because of your beauty. And you're, you've been corrupted by thy wisdom. Brother, that's what will get you in trouble every time is earthly wisdom. Amen. By the reason of thy brightness, he said, I'm going to cast you to the ground and I will lay thee before kings that they may behold thee for what you really are. You really are the devil. You say you're God, but you're not God. Amen. And I want to remind this church again, when we get caught up in the game of the world, and this is the game of the world, the game of the world is to worship creatures as they are God. That's the reason they can demand huge salaries 
is because people worship them as they are some kind of God, but they're not God. Amen. And it's always, and this is the battle, and, and the Apostle Paul saw this and wrote it to the, in the book of Romans for us, that they would worship the creatures more than the Creator. And there's where the struggle is in today in the lives and even the hearts of Christians today is they get their eyes on some wacko somewhere that seems to be a superhuman being, but he's not a superhuman being. He just may have a little more talent than someone else, but I'm going to tell you, he's just a creature that God created. Amen. Thank God for the creator today. And his name is Jesus. And we worship him. And we adore him. And we sing about him. And we preach about him. And we shout about him. And we will glorify the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Because he's worthy. Worthy is the Lamb of God to be praised and to be exalted. Everybody clap your hands. Clap them to the King of kings and to the Lord of lords. Oh, Lord, help us today. Help us today, Lord. Speak to us. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, how frail we are and how much we need God. And may we never forget it. And may we ever seek after him. Here, a mighty king in the Bible with the name of Nebuchadnezzar. The Bible said that he was lifted up in his heart. What made him lift it up above other men and other kings? Well, it was that one big word that we all love. And it's not a wrong word and it's not a bad word. It's just bad when it, uh, it uh, directs us down the wrong path. But he had had success like no other king before him or after him. And he had had such success. He had even crushed the people of God. But because the reason that he had crushed them is because God had allowed him to do it. Because when, when the children of Israel turned away from God and Jerusalem turned for idolatry, they did not have that shield of protection. They did not have that help. Up until then, there was no army that could ever stop them. Because you remember this God could take 300 men with 300 lamps, with 300 trumpets, and withstand a multitude of people that was like a sea of people that could not even be numbered. He took 300 men and stopped every one of them in their tracks, turned them around on their heels and made them run the other way. That is the God that we serve today. And that's our God. And we're not worried about numbers. We're worried about the shield of protection and the hand of God being around our life and that wall wrapped around us today. That's what we're interested in. Because if God be for you, hallelujah, take a, if God be for you, say it with me today, if God be for you, who shall be against you? Who would even think about fighting against you if God is for you? Thank God, thank God, thank God. So, because that he had had this such great success uh, in ruling the known world at that time, he had conquered many, many nations and many, many people. He had uh, subdued them. He had brought the treasures from all over the world back to his own house. 
to his own treasure chest. He had brought the great minds of the earth all around the world that he had found, the scientists and all the great thinkers. He had brought every one of them back to his homeland. So he felt pretty good about himself. But he had a dream, and it was a dream that troubled his mind. And he needed someone to interpret that dream. And when all of his scholars failed, he had heard about a man by the name of Daniel. And he called for this man, Daniel, and said, tell me, what is this dream? What is the interpretation of this dream? And it had troubled him so much that he could not sleep. And Daniel came in and he gave him the dream and gave him the interpretation. And he told him how that, it, that mighty, mighty tree that you saw that was so great, that reached into the heavens and the roots threw out the earth and the branches and how that the cattle fed under it and the birds found their nest in it and, and the, all the, the great uh, glory of that tree, he said, uh, that's you, O king, that's you. And then in that dream, there was a voice that had spoke and said, take the chainsaw and go out there and cut that tree down and leave the stump and then let seven times pass over it and, and, and leave it. And he said, that was the God of heaven and that was you that had been cut down. And he gave him advice. He said, wherefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable unto thee. You know, the first thing you need to find the mind of God is an ear that will listen to God. The first thing Daniel told them, he said, O king, let, let me talk to you a little bit. Accept the preaching a little bit. Listen to the Bible study today, O king, and accept the word of the Lord. And the second thing he told him, he said, break off thy sins by righteousness. You need to break off your sins and start living right, O king, and thy iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. Did you know the Bible says a lot about the way that we should treat the poor. It's very much Bible. And this is the advice that he gave to him. And then you're going to lengthen your tranquility or you're going to lengthen your peace on your kingdom if you'll do these things. Everybody say simple. Sounds pretty simple to me, doesn't to you? I mean, it's not hard. It's not difficult. Somebody said, I just don't know what to do. I just can't find bearing and I can't find direction. Well, just listen. I mean, the message still rings loud and clear today. All you need to do is just listen up. And you need to find, uh, let it be acceptable and, and accept it in your heart and receive the word of the Lord. Then you need to just break off your sins by living right. Just stop doing wrong and start doing right. Hallelujah. And then thine iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. And then the blessings is going to be on you. Oh, what a promise today. What a, what a simple uh, thing to follow.
how simple it is. Just straighten up my life. I'm going to start doing right where I've been doing wrong. I'm going to break off my iniquities. I'm going to show mercy to the poor. And then the blessings of God are going to be upon me. The road map to success is not hard. It's not complicated. Really, it's pretty easy. Amen. You just have to get this old flesh by the nap of the neck and talk to the old flesh and say, flesh, whether you like it or whether you don't like it, you're going to do what is the right thing to do. You're going to go to church and you're going to pray and you're going to live right. It's not hard to serve the Lord. It's not difficult. The devil is lying into us. That makes people feel like, man, it's a complicated thing. I don't know if I could ever figure out this thing. Well, it's not hard to figure out. You just got to make those good decisions. Say, I'm going to do the right thing and make the right choices. And, and that's all you've got to do, O king. That's all you've got to do. And, and, and here is the promise. He said, if uh, it may be that you will lengthen thy tranquility, you're going to... You're going to lengthen it. Oh, you're going to stretch it out. Amen. On down the road, of course, judgment was going to come upon him because the people of God were going to be delivered some way, somehow. But he said, you're going to prolong it. You're going to put it off for a long time. Amen. Your kingdom will have peace for a long time if you'll just do these things. But it was not long until about 12 months after that. Uh, he'd gotten over the dream. It finally passed off his mind. He walked in his palace. He looked around at the kingdom of Babylon. And when he looked around and he seen those great pillars and he seen the greatness of his, his kingdom, uh, he uh, was lifted up all over again. He was lifted up afresh. And he looked and he said, Look what great Babylon that I have built. And the scripture says, While the words were yet coming out of his mouth, there was a voice from heaven that rung out, cut down the tree. Amen. Cut this tree down. And the judgment had fallen upon him while the words were in his mouth about, look what I have done. And it was just as was said to him that uh, would happen. The Bible said he was driven from the sons of men. And his heart was made like the beast, and he was dwelling among the wild asses. They fed with grass like an oxen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven, till he knew that the Most High God ruled in the kingdom of men, and that he had appointed over it whomsoever he will. Now you're talking about a revelation. That is a revelation. That will change your attitude about life and where you're at in life if you can grasp what I'm preaching to you today. It was seven years. Here's what happened. He lost his mind. He thought he was an oxen. Here is the great king. And he's now pushed out of his kingdom and the kingdom is going on. And he's wallowing around in the grass. He's eating grass as an oxen. Amen. The dew's wet in his back. And uh, he's, his hair is growing out. The Bible said like, like eagle feathers, it grew out, matted together. And until finally he knew that the Most High God ruled in the kingdom of men. Wouldn't it be something today if we all had that revelation right now? 
that we fully understood and believe with all of our heart that all of the affairs of men are controlled by the Almighty God. Somebody said, who's going to be elected this 2008? I can tell you who's going to be elected. It's going to be whoever God puts up. That's the reason we can do more good on our knees than we can any other way, praying and saying, God, have mercy on America and give us somewhat of a righteous ruler. Well, hallelujah. He still rules in the affairs of men. He said, he appointeth over it whomsoever he will. He's the one that he, he puts up and he takes down and he controls things. Hallelujah. And what we can do as children of God, we can pray and say, oh God, have mercy. Let that tranquility be lengthened further. Push, push the judgment of God further away from us and from our children and the generations to come in America and let it stand and let it last until it can repent. Amen. And there can be a mighty revival in America. There can be a mighty revival in America. There can be a mighty revival in the church. Let me tell you, the hope of the earth lies within the church of the living God today. Hallelujah. Everybody pray with me right now. Lord, in Jesus' name, help us today, God. Give us your help. Give us your help, oh Lord. Amen. It was a sad thing. The scripture I've just read to you was not spoken to Nebuchadnezzar, but it was to his son that followed him. And it was the same man, Daniel, telling him, Belshazzar, he said to him, he said, don't fall, you have, you, you have fallen in the same trap. Because whenever they made that party like they had never been a party before, and that is the, that is the, the battle of man, the battle of the flesh is this, sin never quite satisfies. So the next time you've got to go deeper and you've got to go farther and you've got to do more than you've ever done because you're in search of, of, of joy. You're in search of another fun times and finally the thing that used to be funny and the thing that used to be good the goods wore off of it and the funny is gone. So you've got to take another, another plunge and you've got to reach a little further and you've got to go deeper into sin. And it can't just be uh, this sin. It's got to be a deeper sin. It's got to be worse than it was before. Hey, let me tell you, uh, the, the, the Solomon seen it. He said the eyes, they're never full. It doesn't matter what you've seen. It will never satisfy it's got to be more graphic. It's got to be deeper, uglier, more sinful. Well, hallelujah. I mean, the little trip on the drug doesn't satisfy, so you got to take two shots of it. The one alcohol, one beer doesn't satisfy, so you got to have a six-pack. Well, I'm preaching to you today. Hallelujah. Marijuana doesn't satisfy, so you got to get more and more and more and more and more and more and get deeper and deeper and farther and farther. But I want to tell you, the church has got the answer today. 
the answer is draw a line and say I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm not living like that. I'm not going to have that trash in my life. I'm not going to be looking at pornography. Well, somebody ought to shout unto the king. He set me free and I'm glad to be free today. Adultery does not satisfy. Perverted lifestyle does not satisfy. So it's farther and farther and deeper and deeper and farther and farther. You can be seated. Well, a big deal, the big rage in central Arkansas is called emo. And it stands for emotional. And it's these people that dress in goth style clothing. They wear black and, and uh, wear the studded belts. They wear Vans shoes. And they're emotional. And their big deal is that they're, they're, they're straight. They don't uh, do drugs. They don't do alcohol. They don't do cigarettes. They're, they're not a part of any kind of gang. But from the waist up is a fair game for man or woman. So guys and guys can kiss and hug. The girls can kiss and hug. But they don't have, uh, supposedly, they don't go all the way. But we know it's the devil. It's a spirit. And it's, a, it's, it's just rampant in our schools. And I tell you what, it just makes me so mad at the devil when I hear about. And there's groups, there's singing groups. There's rock groups that are emo, and, and they're, they're promoting this. They're speaking this. They're just spewing this stuff out. And I just, I, I feel in the Holy Ghost today. I want to declare war against, our, against the devil for our young people, that God is going to protect them. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, devil, you can't have a one of them. Oh, how I many it's still sin. Whether it's emo, whether it's a gang, whether it's drugs, whether it's sinful living, it's still the devil. It's still him trying to make inroads in our young people's lives. And I've come to declare war on the devil. Devil, you might as well give it up. These are our young people. We're praying for them. We're fasting over them. We're crying for their souls. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated. So what does the son, now this is what the father has produced. I'm talking about his son now. The father said, look what I've done. And the son comes following such spirit and attitude as that, Belshazzar. And Belshazzar, he says, you know what, old dad had parties, but we're fixing to have a party like they ain't never had a party. It's gonna be bigger, wilder. Sin has to go deeper. We got the answer, sin, straighten up and live right. Quit committing adultery. Get out of perversion. We're not afraid to preach against homosexuality. It's an abomination. You'll go to red hot hell. 
Commit an adulterer, you'll go to a red hot hell. In a perverted lifestyle, you'll go to a red hot hell. Preacher, you're not supposed to preach that. Hey, it's Bible. If it's in this Bible, we're going to preach it at the First Pentecostal Church. We're not trying to be politically correct. We're trying to be Holy Ghost correct. We're trying to be Bible correct. We're trying to do the will of God, Brother Copeland, and the devil's a liar. But I want to tell you, man's never satisfied. He's never satisfied in his filth and his sin. Never, never, never. Boy, if we ever learn that, if we ever get that in our mind, we can sit down to a good meal and then enjoy a good meal and, and not grumble. If there's a little something wrong, we can still have a right attitude. Amen. If we ever learn how to be thankful for what God has given us and get your eyes off the neighbor's goods and get your eyes off the neighbor's wife and get your eyes off the neighbor's husband and get your eyes off the neighbor's things and just get your eyes on the goodness of God. God gave me this little light. I'm going to take care of it. Hallelujah. You know I believe in that. You are to shine your car. You are to shine your shoes. Well, don't hurt to brush your teeth. That's right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I went to that Christian school. They taught us all that. Alice lined us up and checked to see if we brushed our teeth. Hallelujah. You just get thankful. Everybody say thankful. Thankful. Satisfied with what we've got. Satisfied with the norm. Hallelujah. It's only the Holy Ghost can do what I'm preaching today, church. Man's out of control without the Holy Ghost. Man can't help himself without the Holy Ghost. He's like a beast without the Holy Ghost. He cannot control his eyes. He cannot control his hands. He cannot control his mind except the Holy Ghost would help him, except God would touch him. That's the reason we need to be full of the Holy Ghost. That's the reason we believe so much in this prayer. That's the reason we come in here through the day, seven days a week, signing our name on the church log. Hey, I've come to pray again. I've come to bring my flesh to the altar. I've come to resist the devil again. I've come to do what's right. I want the help and the power of God because you can't live without God's help, friend. You can't get good enough for salvation. It takes God in you. You need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Belshazzar, you've watched it all, but now it's fixing to be bigger fireworks than Dad ever done and anybody has ever done before you or after you. What are you going to do to make it bigger? Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go out there and get the vessels that was taken out of that holy city, taken out of that holy temple that was at Jerusalem, Solomon's temple. I'm going to go take the, the vessels that Daddy brought back from Israel, from Jerusalem, and we're going to get those vessels, and we're going to pour our wine in those vessels, and it's going to make the wine taste sweeter, if wine tastes sweet. It's going to make it better. We're going to have a better party than we've ever had, because we're going to use the vessels that came out of the temple. Ha, 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 ha. Ah, oh, they thought 
they were so smart. Oh, they thought these things were so sacred. What's sacred about it anyway? They think that church, they think that Bible. They always talking about that Holy Ghost. And they mock the things of God. Amen. They mock the things of God. But while this was going on, a hand, a man's fingers appeared over on the wall and started writing on the wall. And the party froze. And people froze looking at the fingers of a man's hand, writing a message on the wall. What on earth is this? And it stopped the party. And they call for Daniel. And they, again, we got to, I'm going to tell you something. You may not want, the Lord may not seem so important to people. But when you're really in trouble, when you really need God, boy, I am so thankful that my dear brother had enough sense that when he knew he was spiritually bankrupt, he came to his silly senses and he said, I'm fixing to get to church as quick as I can get to church, Brother Clifton. I'm glad, Brother Flemister, he had that much sense. After spending a lifetime out there in that world, brother, and I'm gonna tell you, he knew every minute, he had studied, he had read everything there was to read. And he knew exactly where he was at, he knew exactly what was coming. He knew what stages he was at in his disease. And brother, I want to long before he got too weak to pray. Hallelujah. Amen. Before he lost over 100 pounds, thank God. Amen. He started crying out to God in pursuit of God to try to find him. Hallelujah. And thank the Lord, the merciful, good God that we serve. Standing right here, right here, Brother Flemister's where he was standing. And the Holy Ghost came on him and he began to speak in tongues and the Spirit gave the utterance. When he got through talking in tongues, amen, he said, I want to get baptized because he said he had never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now I want to tell all you something. Now, isn't that amazing? Raised in a home like he was raised in, exposed to all the things he was exposed to. And let me tell you, he was the preacher of the family. He was the one they stood him on the sidewalk in cities around here, Cabot and different places. They were little country towns on Saturday. Daddy went to those towns and got out there and had a street service. And it was Rubel they stood and let him preach to the crowd. But he never did get the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Parents that are to stir every one of us in this house that we do not allow one of our children to slip through our fingers without them getting the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's the reason. I discourage parents when they say, my child wants to get baptized, they're 10, 11 years old, and they haven't received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I discourage it. I say, hey, wait, you'd be a whole lot better to challenge them. When you get the Holy Ghost, you're going to get baptized. Because many times they get baptized and people then just assume, well, they got the Holy Ghost and everything's all right. And years later, you find out they never did really get an experience with God. Let me tell you, there is a big difference than getting, just getting a blessing than getting infilled with the Holy Ghost. Huge difference in feeling the little glory of God. And, and doodads run up and down your backbone and it feels like your hair standing up. 
That still ain't the Holy Ghost just cause your hair's standing up. It still ain't the Holy Ghost just cause you're feeling some doodads. Let me tell you, when you get this Holy Ghost, you will speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the entrance. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. You don't need to join a church. You need to get a new birth experience where you say the old things have passed away. You know what my brother said to me numerous times? He said, brother, the reason I know I never got the Holy Ghost because I never did want to live right. And since I got the Holy Ghost, I can't wait to go to church. I can't wait to witness to somebody. I can't wait to call a buddy and a friend and invite them to church. I'm going to tell you, this Holy Ghost really changes people. This Holy Ghost really makes a new creation out of us. This Holy Ghost really turns us around. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody stand together. I feel him in the house right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So, Belshazzar said, we're going to have a party like there's never been. And the only thing we can think of that Daddy never did that we can do is trash the church. Daddy never trashed the church, but we're fixing to trash the church. And brother, there's people, let me tell you something. Let me, listen to me. Young people, everybody in the house, if you turn and never come back to this church again, don't trash the church. The church had done you no evil. We haven't hurt you. Hey, I'm going to tell you, husbands, you don't have to fear if your wife comes here and you don't come. You just happen to show up on this Sunday to hear this message. We're not going to tell her anything that would be bad for you. If she'll come here and do what we preach, she'll be the, a better wife. You ain't got to have any fear of the church. You know the reason people do that, don't you? Because their conscience is bothering them so bad. They, they know how weak they are. They feel the condemnation of sin. And they feel so bad at themselves. Because they have been so weak. They have been so weak. And because they didn't do what they should have done. Then instead of saying, you know what? I could have, but I didn't. They start talking about the church. Well, they've got a gossiper there. They got somebody that talks about. Well, bless your heart. Bless your heart. Amen. They all they're after is money. Well, God bless your heart. I doubt you ever gave anything. Why would you care if we were after money? Amen. Don't trash the church. Don't trash the Bible. Don't trash people that want to live or what and do what's right. Amen. Because there may it may lengthen your tranquility. God may just be merciful to you because that you didn't do those stupid things. Amen. Hallelujah. I watched a somebody backslide or talking about the church my god i thought lord 
When they come here, they were skin and bones. They'd been on so much drugs. They didn't have nothing, nothing to contribute. We helped them every way we could help them. People were good to them in the church. Helped them buy a house. Helped them to get on their own. Helped them to get good jobs. And then to trash the church. No, they're not thinking. Of course, nobody's ever thinking when they leave the church anyway. How could we be surprised at anything anybody would say? Their, their thinking's twisted up. Of course, I'll tell you the reason their thinking's twisted up is because God has twisted up their thinking. Because they didn't love God and they didn't want to serve God. God, all God's got to do is just kind of pop, pop it out right here and turn around and pop it back in. And where you was going forward all once, you just start backing up. That's all God's got to do to any of us in this building. All God's got to do that you couldn't find your, you, if God decided you could not find the door to get out of this building today. That's all God. That's all God did to Nebuchadnezzar. He just messed him up. He just popped it out and turned it the other way and he thought he was a cow. Thought it was a cow. Well, I'm going to tell you what. You may not fear God, but you should. Because he put you where you're at. And he can take you down. Or he can lift you up. Belshazzar, we're going to have it like we've never had it before. Well, what does this writing mean on the wall? And Daniel walked in there before him, and this is what he said to his son. He said, your dad was driven from the sons of men, and his heart was made like the beast, and his dwelling was with the wild asses. And they fed him with grass like oxen, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven, till he knew that the Most High God ruled in the kingdom of men, isn't that a merciful God that let him come back? That he appointeth over it whomsoever he will. Now this is the next verse. Everybody say next verse. Get this. And thou his son, O Belshazzar, hast not humbled thine heart, though thou knewest all this. Though you knew what happened to your daddy, you did not humble your heart. You took that same trail. You made those same stupid mistakes. He said, now, I'll tell you what the writing is. You're weighed in the balance. You're weighed in the balance, and you're wanted. And that night, that night, the city that no one was ever supposed to be able to break into, that night, the Chaldeans back up the river somewhere on the river that flowed through Babylon. They had made a dam and they stopped the waters from flowing through the city. And when they stopped the waters, 
that opened up a big gap underneath the wall. And the army marched through that night under that wall and got into the city and took over and destroyed that kingdom. I tell you, I feel the fear of God in this house today. I feel his fear here today. I want to feel his fear. I want to tremble at his word. And when you think that you cannot, no way that God can reach me or touch me, let me tell you, he has got millions of ways. Millions and millions of ways. And it would behoove all of us to say, yes, Lord, I want to follow you. I want to do your will. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, while they play the music, hallelujah, hallelujah. Who is it that wants to? Walk down this front today and say, God, I want to have an ear to hear. Help me, God. Help my subconscious mind not to get to thinking that I'm some kind of God. That I am some kind of God. Come on. Everyone all over the house. Up in the mezzanine. Amen. Let the Holy Ghost speak to every heart in the house. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come stand a moment here, but we'll be dismissed around this, these altars tonight and today. Oh, yes, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Say, God, you're still God. You're still King of my life. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I Humility that I 
can grasp if the Holy Ghost will help us to grasp. I'm talking to myself. I'm talking to everybody in this building today. The understanding of the word of the Lord today. Nobody won't have to say, are you going to go pray Monday? Nobody. <laughs> you know why people pray? Because they feel that need of that greater power. And if you can, if you can comprehend and you understand that, you wouldn't try to live your life without prayer and without God. You wouldn't. I'm telling you, it would be it would be the first thing on the list when you get up Monday morning. Hey, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I don't like living my life and I just run into one thing and I back up a little bit and turn, run into something else, back up a little bit. I pray one day and go three days I haven't prayed. That's, that's, that's what that kind of lifestyle creates. And if you understand that you've got to have his help, amen. <laughs> It's a delight then to pray. Because you know when you're by your knees. Somebody said, Brother Holmes, I come to prayer meeting and it was dry. That don't make any difference. You're honoring God. Why do you think we bow our heads and say, thank you, Lord, for this food that you have provided? Are we thinking we're fixing to get some great anointing? And, and sometimes you do, but... Most of the times, you're doing it in respect and in honor to God. Lord, I just want to thank you for this food. Thank you, God. I'm going to tell you something. People that honor God, God honors them. That's the reason, and, and we're not glorying in this, but we are thankful for it. Everybody say thankful that last year over 100,000 people walked through the doors of this church and signed their name to a prayer log. Thank you, Jesus. 100,000 people. You know, one of my... I'll tell you now, one of my prayer requests that I'm carrying in my billfold today was, Lord, give us 1,500 people a week to come here and pray. Amen. Did y'all notice how many there were last week? 1,600 something. So the Lord gave me a, over 100 extra ones. <laughs> Hallelujah. Isn't it a good life? Aren't you glad of the peace, the prayer, and living for God gives you? The world can never give that. Amen. I want you to sing it together and we'll be dismissed. I, I want you to close your eyes. I my decision. I'll make my decision. I have oh, I know what I'm going to do.
Yeah.